right, welcome back to another episode of Fat and Black in Texas. I am Nikki Devon, and I am your hostess. Today, I'm sitting down with Cubby Garcia, a.k.a. Chola Magnolia, a.k.a. Mabu. Not only is Chola an award-winning burlesque performer, she's in Fat Bottom Cabaret. She's a co-producer of The Midnight Menagerie with me. Now, today we're going to be talking about femme identity in queer spaces. We mentioned our performances with Bedpost Confessions a few times, and so you'll find links to those performances in the show notes. Okay, let's get started. Cubby, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so tell, why don't you um, uh, talk a little bit about your identity and who you are? Um, so I am a Chicanx burlesque performer here in town, uh, in Austin, Texas. Um, I wanted to break down a little bit what Chicanx actually means because, please, yeah, it's, it, it's a little bit confusing, um, especially since we were just getting used to using Latinx. Some people are no longer wanting to or feel comfortable using that term anymore because it gives power to our colonizers. Um, I, I did not know that. Yeah, um, because Lat, it's Latin, so and, and it's it's from Europe. Cool. So to take away power, a lot of people are more recently starting to use Chicanx to give power back to our people. So what Chicanx comes from is from the Aztec. It's an it's an Aztec. Um, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce the original word, but it basically meant like a mestizo person from Mexico. So Chicanx derives from that. There's a, and there's a lot. It's it can be problematic in different situations. Some people don't agree, but for me personally, I am now identifying as Chicanx. Perfect. Um, and I am also a self-proclaimed dyke. However, I am married to a trans person, so <laughs> technically, I'm in the queer umbrella. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but I am ultimately a Chicanx femme. Awesome. So that is um, today we are going to be talking about femme identity in queer spaces Person on a super, super personal level. Um, I feel like I am on the. No, no. I feel pretty femme. I identify as femme. I think I identified as femme before I even really knew how queer I was. Mm -hmm. I. That is something that's really ingrained in me. Um, and I didn't have a, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like I didn't understand why I didn't feel comfortable when I was first easing into queer spaces. And then you and I had a conversation about how fems don't get recognized yes. at all. or well, not at all, but often fems don't get recognized in queer community. And so mm -hmm. I thought, we're going to have a podcast episode about this. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> so um, off top, I just want to, um, I want to talk about like, what does being a fem mean to you? What does that mean to you? Femme for me is very powerful. It's a very pow powerful term, um, and I use it as often as I can. Um, femme originally comes from the the gay, the, I'm sorry, not the gay community, but the, the lesbian communities in the 1950s and their bar, bar culture um, to identify a femme from a stud. Right. And 
Um, I mean, they didn't use stud back then. I don't know what they <laughs> use because I don't identify as that. But <laughs> it's 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 a it's a a term that's really rooted in history for for lesbian culture, um, and now it's been uh, adopted by the queer culture as well. It is extremely important for me to be seen as femme um, because I am femme. I, I I had my hand in being a stem for a while, which is a stud and stud slash femme. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for me. I'm too I'm too girly. Girly, yeah, yeah. Um, there's not another term for that either. Like for girly, for girly. I, it's really funny that you said that because I was thinking about that today. I was like, okay, how do I re- like how do I know that I've always recognized, I've always identified as femme? And the mm-hmm. first thing that came to my fucking head was this word, girly. Yeah. And I was like, that seems really problematic now. <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth right now, I was like, no, shut yeah. up. And it's, so it's, it's a very strange, well, for me, definitely it goes back to like a very heteronormative, like girls do this and boys do that. And mm-hmm. if you like this, it means you're a girl. And if you like that, it means you're a boy. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, so it's not girly. And then I was the, the very next thing I thought was feminine. Mm-hmm. And then I <laughs> remembered your story at Bedpost. And I was like, it's not feminine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feminine and femme are just, they're, they're totally different. Right. They're completely, completely different. Yeah. So I I feel like for me, I mean, I don't know. There's no word other There's than no, femme. There's yeah. no other word for me, especially if I'm trying to take that girly term mm-hmm. out of my vocabulary. Yeah. Like. There's no other. There's no other descriptor for 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 individuals who are more feminine leaning yeah to describe themselves as without going into a whole description of what they look like like it's i don't know well and it's funny because it's like it's i know that the root of it no not the root of it i used to think the root of it was based solely on aesthetics mm-hmm. and so i was really tied up when i was you know figuring things out on aesthetics so then I was like, well, I don't always wear dresses. I also like to wear pants. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like yeah. it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really funny how when you feel like you have to identify as something mm-hmm. and you have to give people a term and you have to give people a label, how much it fucks with your shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, well, you know, if I don't give people something, then that's just that's. What's it called? Polarizing myself even yes. further. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I went through that the whole time. Before I figured out who I was, I went through that whole struggle. It sucks. It fucking sucks. Because you're trying to to to, to make a mark in your own community and put, your, put a, a placeholder for yourself. And in order to do that, you have to fit into these boxes and then these identities. And it's... It it becomes a struggle as a young queer person. Right. So I remember when you were talking in your bedpost story, you were talking about the idea that um, one of the reasons that there's so much femme erasure is because when people see you being incredibly femme and high femme, they immediately assume that you're straight. Yeah. Because 
for whatever reason, sometimes in our community, there's no possible fucking way somebody that's very, <laughs> very femme can be gay. So I want to talk a little bit about femme erasure and mm-hmm. like what that means to you and how that's affected how you move through your life. Okay. Um, so I've I've spoken for a few years now on femme erasure and femme invisibility slash visibility because it's it's really it's devastating to not only femme women but to trans people to trans men and trans women um i deal with it by being even more high femme <laughs> I, <laughs> I, and what does that look like <laughs> cuz i know the i know what that looks like <laughs> but for other people that don't know what does that look like for you so what it looks like for me is wearing the tiniest clothes. It's wearing the <laughs> tightest, uh, the tightest things I can find. Um, also, I'm a fat identified person, so that is also a little off putting to some people. Mm-hmm. When I'm wearing the teeny tiny little clothes, big heels, I wear long nails, fix my hair, wear makeup. I mean, I, I completely go all out. And then, I, and then on top of that, I have a total bitch face. <laughs> that <laughs> makes people very uncomfortable most of the time. <laughs> and that is how you deal with separation. Get a bitch face. Yes. <laughs> know that you are not the one to be fucked with. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just make my way into into queer spaces unapologetically. You just right. you charge in and you present yourself. Here I am. And if you're going to continue to make me invisible. I'm going to keep showing up. Right. And I think that that's the biggest thing is this, like, and I feel like one of this, and this actually is kind of like a, um, yeah, this kind of segues into what I was going to ask you about next. (laughs) Oh, one of the one of the huge things that I have a problem with, specifically in the community in Austin, just, Mm-hmm. Off top, specifically, is this idea that you have to look queer. You have to, there's there's this look that mm-hmm. you have to have. And if you don't present as queer, the assumption is that you are trying to pass. Mm-hmm. And so I have these very, very, very strong opinions about this idea of what queer is supposed to look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who is the decider? And mm-hmm. why does, like, why is this person the decider and this person? Like, it, like, that is the type of politics that I have no fucking time for. That oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. have found that I've run into a lot <laughs> in our community. And so... I want to talk a little bit about like di- like dive more into just like how you deal with your femoration and then as it pertains to just like aesthetics like people shaving their head or pe- or shaving the side of their head getting a dye haircut getting a like whatever uh-huh. it is like this idea that you when you're a femme presenting person that you don't look queer enough and where the fuck that comes from yeah. and how you combat that um I relate so much to a lot of the queer women, um, queer individuals that I see that are constantly – and and granted, a lot of them are younger queers that are coming into the scene and trying to put that, that placeholder for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've heard it amongst our own friends that yeah. they're like, I need to shave the side of my head and because I'm not queer enough and I'm not seen and I'm invisible and I'm going to stop dressing – 
and dresses. I'm going to wear plaid shirts all the time because I feel like I don't, I'm not queer enough. And I relate to that because I did that myself. Right. I shaved my head probably 10, 11 years ago because I felt the same pressures. I wore, like I said in my in my bedpost speech, <laughs> I wore fucking cargo shorts and boat shoes. <laughs> like, who the fuck did I think I was? You getting roasted for that <laughs> shit forever. <laughs> for eternity, bitch. It let was me, so bad. Let me find some boat shoes and have some Man. money to, like, leave at your car at your house one day. <laughs> it, it was gross. I think you should, like, just side note, I think you should... <laughs> One year for Halloween, <laughs> you should dress up as former Cuppy. Oh my god, you no. would you would be so embarrassed to be my friend. No, no, there's no fucking way. No, we it's making, gonna happen. We're making videos. It's gonna, we said we making t-shirts. Man, I am taking the challenge. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, just, I'm doing it this coming Halloween. <laughs> Man, I'm going to be a San Antonio dyke. Yes, just wait. Yes, yes, just yes, wait. Yes. Okay. <laughs> totally got off subject. Okay. Um but, <laughs> um, but yes. So, like, that is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, this idea that, because, you know, my understanding of, the, of being queer is mm-hmm. a fierce, fierce, like, standing in yourself and yeah. protecting that and protecting that identity and not imposing what my identity is on somebody else mm-hmm. and not assuming the, the, that because this is how I walk through life that mm-hmm. another queer person has to walk through life that way as well. Yeah. Um, and it, I admit that is a naive way to look at things and I think it's because I'm new to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like sometimes in our community people don't make room for not just films but like films of color mm-hmm. because our aesthetic and our film is different yes very much so you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so it it's it's twofold you start mm-hmm. talking about not just like oh that's a a film pretty female woman identified person you start getting into like the sexualization of mm-hmm. of women of color and the fetishizing yeah. of women of color that are high femme too and i think that that has a lot to fucking do with it i think that has mm-hmm. a whole lot because you you're also automatically more visible to men yes. i think as a femme of color mm-hmm. um and so i want to talk a little bit about that just like Balancing that balance between standing in your queerness, standing in your feminist, but also combating the other people's idea of what you should look like mm-hmm. as a femme woman of color, and then also combating the straight gays, the straight yeah. male gays. Yes, because <laughs> I know that you have to deal with that a lot. I have to deal with that a lot, mm-hmm. and I know that you have to deal with. That. So, what do you? How do you navigate that? So. It, it, unfortunately, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. When it comes to dealing with the male gaze, I tend to find myself as much as possible staying away from straight culture, from stay, staying completely away from the possibility of being approached by a male if I see 
if I see somebody coming close to me, I go the other way because mm-hmm. of trauma. I'm traumatized by right. it. Yeah. I also tend to not dress as femme if I know that I'm going to be in a straight Which is crazy. Yeah. That's And I, like, I genuinely think that that ha- – I, I understand that this is my lens, but I also <laughs> think that that has a little something to do with being in the South mm-hmm. and being in Texas. I think that – you know, and it's like you got to pick your boy. You got to pick your battle. Like, am yeah. I gonna fight? Like, am I gonna have to deal with like being gay today, or am I just gonna have to try to fucking make it as being a fucking woman of color in Texas? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like you got to kind of pick your battles. Oh, it's a constant battle. Yeah. I mean, having to wake up in the morning and and analyze your day ahead of time. Like, where am I going to be today? Right. Who am I going to be around today? Do I have to prove myself to my community or do I have to stay invisible to uh, the straight man on the sidewalk that might fuck with me? And that is fucked. Yeah. That's fucked. And, and the thing that pisses me off about that is that the idea about your community shouldn't even be an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Like I your agree. community is supposed to be a safe space. And the fact that we don't even, I feel like we don't even have these conversations in our community about mm-hmm. like fems of color have to deal with a completely different type of bullshit. Yeah. Than our white queer counterparts, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, and to top, and on top of that, like not to get too personal, like in addition to that, you're married to a trans man, mm-hmm. so it's like you have to put that in the mix as well. Because as identifying as high femme, you are now married to a trans man, and that affects your identity as well. Yes, within yourself, but also the way your community views you. Yes. So, like, how do you, how have you found that, how have you, how difficult and challenging have you found that? I feel like you found it pretty challenging, yeah. but I don't want to talk for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have found it extremely challenging. Um, my, my, the way that I have handled it personally is, I'm, I'm not going to even touch that right now because that's a very complicated thing. Yeah. But... Outwardly and publicly, I mean, it has it has absolutely been a challenge. Um, I feel I feel comfortable with my spouse out in public in straight situations now that he is e- more easily passing, mm-hmm. um, and I know that he feels more comfortable and safe, right? And his true self, right? And when we're out in in the world, in our community. It's a hit or miss whether or not we feel comfortable and whether or not we feel welcome. Because while we have our community who is who is very pro-trans, very understanding and welcoming towards trans individuals, we still get the oh well now you're now you're heteronormative exactly. And that, it's and like that's what when I was going what for, is yeah. where where is the point in our existence that we can just be queer and just exist? Yeah, instead of Instead of our community constantly tearing us down, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I just I struggled so hard to be a femme woman and be visible and, and be visible, and then I was in a lesbian relationship for eight years, and then still was invisible yeah. because I just was because I was high femme, yeah. And my partner was butch, 
And then now I'm in a super uber apparent, supposedly an uber queer I mean, marriage. Fuck. Because, I mean, what is more fucking queer than being married to a trans man? How much more fucking queer can I get? But then automatically I'm kicked back down to the bottom because now we're heteronormative. Yep. Like, what the fuck? How, how am I supposed to exist in this queer community if my fellow queers keep shutting me out? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's... The thing that's infuriating for me, too, is it's none of your fucking business. Exactly. exactly. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Just like, it, like, it's none of your business. If mm-hmm. I identify as queer, I identify as queer full stop, regardless of who I'm with, mm-hmm. regardless of how I, if I'm high fit, regardless, regardless. It isn't, I, and, and hear me. Don't get me wrong. I understand the need to protect your community. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I get that. But also, that's not your damn business. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like so it's Absolutely. like you know, it's the same thing as like when people when you tell someone that you're pansexual, you tell someone that you're bi, God forbid. Yeah. And it's like, are you gay enough? Are you gay enough? Mm-hmm. Like and I and I had the, at the same bedpost like how many pussies is made how many pussies till yeah. I'm gay enough? How many is it mm-hmm. going to be to erase all the dicks I've had in my mouth? Like oh, how, yeah. like you know what I mean? mm-hmm. like it's like when at the end of the day it is nobody's business. It's nobody's fucking business. It's, I need I need safety just like you yeah. need safety. Shit, you throw a fucking kid in the mix and not even fuck oh. like <laughs> So that was another thing that I got as a femme woman coming into the Austin community, the queer community, is that I had a child. Mm-hmm. And when people would get to know me and they knew that I had a child, they're like, oh, so you're bi? Like, no, actually, no, I'm not bi. Right. And but why? why would. Why? And like, oh, but you're femme. So you're femme. You're femme and you have a child, so you're bi, and you, so you're probably not even, you're not queer. You're going to wind up back with another fucking dude. Right. And it's exhausting. Yeah. It's fucking exhausting. It's like, mind your fucking business and let me be a fucking dyke who fucked a guy because I thought that I had to. And I just had to, I just lucked out, luck of the draw, that I'm a teenage fucking... <laughs> Like shit, fucking happens. Right. Like, and, sh- and and you know what? Instead of asking me why I fuck men or if I fuck men or how you got a baby, how about you ask me what my experience as a person of color in the queer community is like? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you fucking concerned about that? Yep, <laughs> that's what you exactly should be fucking concerned about. Mm-hmm. I so it's really funny. A couple of months ago, I posted something on Facebook. I think I was drunk. I might have been drunk, and you might have been there. I might have been drunk <laughs> when I posted it. <laughs> but I posted something that was like, hey, take a second, look around wherever you are. If you're with your friends, look around at your friend group. <laughs> if ain't no people of color in your friend group, you are the problem. <laughs> I and was I- there, and... <laughs> And we did we did talk a lot about this over lots of wine. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, you know what? Like, I am so fucking tired mm-hmm. of you worried about who I'm having sex with. What you should be worried about is whether or not you are allowing people of color in your queer space. Mm-hmm. And not just allowing, but inviting. Yeah. If, are you inviting people of color? Are you inviting queers in your space? Are you making... Are you making... A conscious effort. Mm-hmm. Are you making a conscious effort? Or 
are you sticking to your clique of people who yeah. all look like you, who all think like you, who all present like you yeah. and help you feel safe? That must be awesome for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations, bitch, because we don't get that. <laughs> no, we had to come up with a whole show to find what? people. <laughs> <laughs> A whole show. A whole like, show. A whole ass show. Like, like I had to stop bitches on the street. Be like, please be my friend. Please be in my camera. Like, <laughs> that is legitimately. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, we have to. I feel. I feel this so hard. Just like having to carve mm-hmm. our own space because we're just the outliers. And and yeah. and to be fair, like I don't think that there's. Anybody in the queer community in Austin that I know of mm-hmm. that are actively like, no blacks, no Mexicans. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. So I don't want to give that impression. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that people are worried about the wrong shit. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I would absolutely. appreciate your, like, you know, inviting more mm-hmm. people of color into your everyday life yeah. and helping create those safe spaces for them. Yeah, um, absolutely. And not judging films. Like Yeah. I was just going to say and like drawing drawing it back to the whole femme the idea of being a femme uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. a femme person of color yeah duh duh I was gonna say a femme of color I I said that earlier I don't yeah (laughs) so many words as a femme of color I mean I think it sounds I think it I I think I think it sounds good done it's done we took it it's ours femme of color nobody else can say (laughs) we're a trademark we're a fuck (laughs) (laughs) look at all those fucks look at all those Those fucks. fucks um on top of everything that we just kind of word vomited out because <laughs> this is just what we do. Um, femmes of color are often seen as harsh and rude and angry. And unapproachable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's my whole life. My mm-hmm. whole life. So when we actually do have something to say, we do have um, – we do bring up issues like, hey, this is actually something – something you said is problematic, something that, you know, as your friend, I'm trying to bring this to your attention because I don't want you to get in the wrong situation and say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of actually – people who are not of color, instead of actually listening to us, it's always turned around because we're automatically seen as – the fucking femme, the lipstick that's on her fucking high horse that just thinks she's the fucking shit mm-hmm. and is a loud mouth and a problem starter and a shitster when actually we have a lot of really important things for, for you to hear and for you to learn from and to have conversations with us about. So not only are we shoved down because we're actually people of color and because we're femmes, it's because we actually care about the future femmes coming up. Right. And we want to talk about these situations, but we're not allowed to and in also, any space. Oh, yeah. And also, I am a shitster. Yes, I am. I absolutely mm-hmm. am a shitster because if no one stirs the pot, mm-hmm. it's business as usual. It's a very, 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 very white city that we live in. Yes. You know what I mean? In a very, 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 very white state that we live in. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, sometimes you have to fucking stir the pot. You have to stir. Because if you think of it this way, think about aesthetics. Think about the 
the aesthetic of the femme of color, mm-hmm. right? Think about how we, what we wear, um, what our culture what our cultural aesthetic is, mm-hmm. right? Your cultural aesthetic as a Chicanx, my cultural aesthetic as a black woman. L, I would go, I'm going to give it a percentage. 70% of women in our community borrow from that. Oh, and yeah. so if you want to borrow from that, then take the time to hear what has mm-hmm. to be said. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, if you, uh, sorry about it. Like if you if you're gonna borrow from me, if you're gonna borrow from my culture, if you're gonna bar- if you're gonna borrow, then you better well fucking know what you're borrowing, mm-hmm. what that means to me, how important it is to me, how it affects me when I see you fucking do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you don't want to have those conversations, then you need to keep your ass out of my <laughs> yeah out of my culture. Yep, absolutely. Because it's it's like there's this picking and choosing of what's important. There's a picking and choosing of what what matters to the queer community. It's mm-hmm. a picking and choosing of what like what is going to be the thing that we're going to campaign for. And I too many times, in my opinion, queer women of color are on the bottom of that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. When you know. A lot of this was started by two queer women of color. So, mm-hmm. we, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it, you, makes, it doesn't make any sense. Do you know your history? Or do you, do you just pretend like you know your history? Because yeah. well, my history tells me <laughs> <laughs> you got this shit because of two queer women of color. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like the more I start to to connect Mm-hmm. With being a queer person, the more I start to to like really sit and like like this is the first time in my life, not the first time, but like this, I have never felt as comfortable and powerful as I do right now as a woman of age of this age that mm-hmm. I will not say out loud as a woman <laughs> of this age, queer as fuck, fat as fuck, black as fuck, like yeah. I have never felt this powerful. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel this inherent, like, protection of this femme identity that so many women that I love also share. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel this, like, I don't know. I just, I want to, I want to stir some shit. I guess that's the. Yeah. Or as, as Cuppy does, flip some tables. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, yeah. I just, I feel like things have to change. But anyways, I have another question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, okay, so how do you think living in Texas um, affects people's view on films and queer culture? Because we were both poor kids of color Yeah. in Texas, right? Um we both come from cultures where being gay was not the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we both, and we live in a state where being gay and being a woman and being a person of color can get you real fucked up real quick. Oh, yeah. And so I want to have a little bit of a conversation about how you think, just like being in Texas, what is, te- you know, Texas's lens on mm-hmm. femme women that are gay? 
it's it goes back to the whole well you're too pretty to be gay like that's the one thing that comes to my brain is it is whoever sees me and if they some reason they know that I'm gay will tell me or say out loud or say to somebody else that she's too pretty to be gay and it's it's frustrating because how like am I Am I supposed to look like a foot? Like, well, what am well, I supposed to fucking look like? What does that mean? Like, <laughs> you're too pretty to be gay. Like, have you stepped outside of your house and seen all the pretty motherfuckers that I see on a daily basis? Oh, my God. I mean, goddamn. Seriously. Like, there are so many fine bitches. And, and again, <laughs> I, I say bitches as a colloquialism. <laughs> <laughs> so many fine bitches yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in fucking Texas yeah. in Austin like mm-hmm. you're too pretty to be gay that doesn't yeah. but yeah I hear yeah all the time all the time or you just haven't had a good dickin oh the good dickin listen <laughs> I mean let me just say I've had a lot of good dickin mm-hmm. I still like bitches I, like it, does, yes. it doesn't it doesn't one they are not Mutually exclusive. I I know that people hate to hear that, but yeah. and and again, like for me, with my background, especially living in Texas, people are very it's black or white, yeah. so they don't even understand the whole queer thing at all. I find in Texas, people have a hard time understanding the idea of the spectrum, and they have a hard mm-hmm. time understanding the idea of queerness. You're either gay or you're a lesbian. Yeah. And they just now started accepting bi, which they're incredibly confused about. They have no And they clue. just think that you just want your cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. and you're confused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> which I've had that conversation verbatim with several of my family members and also just strangers that are just like, well, like, just pick one. I'm like, but why? Yeah. Why do I have to pick one? Yeah. It's I, I I've gotten the same thing from my family. The same exact thing. And then now being married to a trans person, forget it. They have no clue. They have no idea what <laughs> what what my mom will try to talk about me to to people and she just winds up just like petting my head. I'm like, "Oh, she's pretty." <laughs> because she doesn't know well, what she is to also say. Okay. And then like she'll say, "Oh yeah, she got married." She got married. <laughs> like, she doesn't know what to say. And it's like, I, yes, I got married to a to, trans person. To a trans person. It's very easy. Yes. And you it's know what? Not if that you difficult. can't do that, just say man. Yes. He's a man. Because he is a man. He's a man. He got married man. to a man. Like, yes. like, it's, I feel like in Texas, the, the, the gay issue is that people, like, I feel like anytime I run into someone, and even I, and again, like not just straight people, even people that are in the queer community that have this like very archaic view of things, mm. are like put out. They're put out by pronouns. They're put out by trans. They're just put. They're put out. Like they just. Mm-hmm. It's so much work to have to think about how to be respectful. Yes, I'm so put out. I'm so confused. Why can't you just be a man or a woman? Like it's like yeah, like it is mm-hmm. the laziest bullshit. And it I'm really sure is. it exists in other states, but Texas. I feel like it's just, like, in your face. They don't give a fuck. They're not mm-hmm. even going to try. And I see it at work every day. 
Yeah. They're like, they, them, it, whatever. He, she. I'm like, no, 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 no. No. We are absolutely not doing that. What we're not going to do is say the term he, she. That's what we're not going to do. No. Because I will flip all this shit over and set this bitch on fire. How do you navigate your family? How do you navigate? How do you navigate living in this state being someone that's too pretty to be gay? It took me years to be comfortable to talk about being in gay relationships with my family. Even now, it's still uncomfortable because I have elderly parents who are are just, they're just not going to completely understand. They try their hardest, Mm -hmm. but they're just not going to understand. When it comes to the younger kids in my family, my cousins who are younger than I am, who should be more aware of of queer communities and how they work, they just refuse. And if they ask me questions and I answer them and they can't quite understand, they throw their hands up and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever you want, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I have to agree because after a while talking to five or six grown Mexican men is very intimidating. Even if they are my family members, it's still Mexican men. Yeah. You gotta pick your battles. Yes, and then and then being out like in the white world in Texas, it's even worse because I mean it it it, it kind of would do a whole full circle of them not understanding. Plus me being a woman, plus me being a femme woman, plus me being white passing. And that's another thing that they're just like, "What? Mm-hmm. You're Mexican?" Which we are also going to invite you back to talk about at another time. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> it's it's really it's really funny that you say that because it's it is for some people I think they just refuse and for other people they genuinely have they have so much stuff that they've been told their whole life mm-hmm. that when they see something that's different from that they're just like but but like mm-hmm. I for my. I work in a predominantly white environment and a predominantly straight environment. I believe that I am the only queer person in my office outward. I'm the only out queer person in my office. Um, And I hadn't really, I guess, discussed it with my coworkers. I thought I had, but Mm -hmm. maybe I hadn't. And so for our Christmas party, Sid, who's the person that I am, this is the second time I've tripped up on this in like two weeks. <laughs> uh, so uh, Sid is my lady friend. And so me and my lady friend were at um, my job's Christmas party. And I had RSVP'd that I was bringing someone. And I thought that I said it was a woman. I guess I did. I like. I just don't think mm-hmm. I thought about it. We show up. I'm in my sequence, super, super yeah. high femme. She's in a fucking like beautiful tight little dress and like six inch heels <laughs> were both made up and I could just see everybody's like head cocked to the side like but they're both but 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 and I was like I know what they're thinking but I'm gonna see if anybody has the fucking balls to ask mm-hmm. and sure enough like as the night goes on everybody's fucking hammered one of my co-workers comes up he's like come here come here and I'm like all right, here we go. It's yeah. It's showtime. And I go over and it's him and two other and these boys are not older. They're in their 20s. And he's like, "Hey, is that your girlfriend?" And I'm like, "Well, we're grown ass women, so I don't feel comfortable saying girlfriend, but yes, that is the person that I'm with." And they're like, 
fine as fuck. I'm like, she is, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, so like, is she girly or is she just girly tonight? And I'm like, Ugh. what does that mean? And they're like, well, you know, you're, you know, you dress in dresses all the time. We know that you're super girly because they're straight people. They don't understand yeah. that girly is not a good word to use. And I'm like, uh-huh. And they're like, but she has a dress on too. I'm like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> she she is also femme and I can just see in their heads just like does not compute does not compute mm-hmm. one has to be the boy in quotation yeah. marks one has to be masculine that ha- mm-hmm. because there's this that is what they're ingrained yeah. to believe I've even gotten so who's in charge <laughs> Like, motherfucker, I'm in charge. You see these heels? Do you need to ask? I'm in charge. Have you met me? For real. Have you, have you met me? You really want... This doesn't matter who I'm with. Mm-mm. Have you met me? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's those, like... The, it's like, if I feel like somebody is genuinely trying to learn, I will answer and I will talk about it. But when it's three drunk boys at my Christmas party, Mm-mm. I'm just going to let y'all marinate yeah. on that and think about it for weeks. Because mm-hmm. I know... That's what you're going to do. And sure enough, like three weeks later, one of them came up to me at work and was like, so can I just ask you something real quick? And I'm like, sure. He's like, so your girl. And I was like, Sid, (laughs) Sid. Yes. Right. Okay. So Sid, she identifies as her pronouns and he's like trying <laughs> he trying to, he oh, was baby. trying so hard <laughs> and his little face was flushing oh <laughs> and in that situation i was like yes her pronouns are her she her mm-hmm. she is femme i am also femme there is no masculine presenting person in our relationship and he was just like oh I mean, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I just don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. And I was like, how? Exactly. So you can't see us, but our producer, Mariah, just has her hands up like, how? How have you not seen two femme women together in your 29 years? Mm -mm. How? How? Every lesbian. (laughs) Every lesbian on TV. Every every porn that you watch with two women. Mm -hmm. I bet you both those bitches are femme presenting. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You just don't understand what you're seeing here. Mm-hmm. And I think that sums up Texas. It does. <laughs> well, and I think that goes, and it's like, it's that femme erasure. Mm-hmm. Because not only, I mean, not only can they not understand it in real life, the only the only way that they can actually understand it is in fantasy. Yeah. That is complete erasure of femme women. Yeah. Because, oh, I'm seeing it in front of my face in real that. life. Yeah. And I can't understand it. But you talk about porn. They're like, oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. There are Girl two girls. Girl. Like, going yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, like, so, that's so damaging and mm-hmm. so dangerous. Because it's strictly for their consumption. Yes. Like, I don't know how many times when I was dating uh, Lauren, who is also, she doesn't think she's femme. But she's, she's femme. So femme. <laughs> she's so, she's so femme. femme. But when we she's were like, dating, it's so gross. I know. She just might she's be the most beautiful person I've ever seen she's, in person. It's disgusting. And she's super femme. And she'll yeah. like 
put on the bunch. Of, uh, yeah, she's it's, she's ridiculously and beautiful. She gonna cuss us out when she, she hear this. She Hi, Lauren. Hi, <laughs> stupid bitch. Stupid bitch. Um, so when we were dating, we got a couple of times. Well, one time we had a guy follow us from her gig oh, down the right. street to our car and was like, "Hey," and he he was fucked up. And I don't even know exactly what he said, but it was along the terms of like, hey, can I watch? But that's because of Femme Erasure. Because right. Femme women are not taken seriously and we're not actually viable human beings and members of society. We are just lessened. We are lowered to only porn stars. Mm-hmm. It's for your consumption. Yeah. Like it's, that's... it's dangerous. Yeah. And if you... If you we don't hold value until we're with a man. Mm-hmm. And then when we're with a man and we belong to someone, then it's like, oh, you have a beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know what I mean? Which I'm like, and I, a lot of my friends are probably going to laugh at this, but like just as a side note, like 80% of the people that I know of the femme women or the women and that are in straight are hetero, that are in hetero relationships with men, that woman mm-hmm. runs it. Mm-hmm. The man, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know any couples where the man is in charge, in quotation no. marks. The woman is who runs the show, right? Like, so, like, it's this archaic, like, you don't have value unless I get something out of it. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And it, and you're right. It, The can I watch thing... Yeah, it's disgusting. I, I stopped when I was single. I stopped putting that I was bi on my dating profile mm-hmm. because that's all I got all day. That's all I got. Yeah. Like, do you think if I'm given a choice between you, Chad, and a woman, <laughs> I'm going to have anything to do with you? No. Jeff, Andrew, because it was always some stupid white boy, but like not all white boys are stupid, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like just yeah, just like this idea that like I don't know, it makes me mad, which makes it even more mad when my queer community also treats me like shit. Because I'm like, we get enough of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then I also. Because I'm sensitive sometimes. <laughs> As <laughs> and, you roll your eyes. And I sometimes sometimes feel bad for other people. <laughs> I do feel bad for straight girls sometimes. Straight femme girls. Um like okay. Same rules. It's apply. a big joke. It, it 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 they absolutely do. But like it's a big joke. When women go out with their girlfriends and they get drunk, they go, why girl, is that? And then they start making out with each other. Cool. So the fuck what? But it becomes problematic when men start, they, they, started, they start putting themselves in these situations. And, and then they, it's for them. Yes. When really, actually, no, it's a couple of fucking girls having a good fucking time making out with their fucking friend. Like... And how do you know that one of them is trying to figure out how to come out? Exactly. Like, but you have these straight individuals, these straight, it's always straight men. Well, and also straight women who like to shame other women 
who make these these encounters gross. Yeah. They make them a joke. So that then in turn erases us as a queer community because then if two lesbians, femme lesbians are kissing their if they're kissing their partner in public, it is now cheapened and it's now made dirty. Yep. And it's horrifying. It's yep. horrifying. And then to have your queer community come around and be like, oh, they're probably just two straight girls and they came here to be safe. Like, no. You like, stop fucking doing that to femmes. Seriously. And also, like, treat your fucking femme queer women with respect. Like, yes. don't make them feel like they have to fucking shave their head or change the way they wear their change the clothing that they wear or not wear fucking nails or any of that fucking bullshit. Like mm-hmm. just let people leave people the fuck alone lest you get cussed out cuz mm-hmm. like 2020 I'm cussing motherfuckers out. I'm yeah. I I have just lost the will to be nice at this point. Mm-hmm. I I just don't have it. I don't yeah. I don't have the will like whenever okay. I whenever I Sorry. hear a femme girl say Anything bad about her identity or say that she can't wear that or she can't like or she has to shave her head. I immediately am like, no, stop. Stop that. Stop that. Stop doing that. Stop it right right the fuck now. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why can't you wear that? Why do you have to cut your hair off? Yeah. Why? Because your queer community tells you that you have to because you're not queer enough. Well, you know what? Fuck that community. If they are not embracing you, fuck that community. I it's uh, like last year someone asked me about um <laughs> someone was <laughs> I think it came from a good place. I don't know. I was also drinking when this happened. But <laughs> this person was like, "So are you gay now or what?" And they uh-huh. asked me just like that. "Are you gay now or what?" And I was like, "Now as in right now or today or what are you talking about like I, like I genuinely at first was like what are you talking about like well are you gay now and I'm like if you're asking if I'm a queer person yes I'm a queer person if you ask mm-hmm. if you're asking if I'm a late bloomer yes I'm a late bloomer if you're asking like are you do you want to know my whole story about how I was in church and I was told I would go to hell if I liked mm-hmm. women like is that what you want to hear or are yeah. you just assuming that because you just saw me kissing a woman that now I'm playing gay. Is that what your assumption is? Because, <laughs> like, yeah. you don't, like, it, it, that's what I'm running into. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 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 what I'm running into. And And honestly, if you ask me, as a person that's in my community, if you want to have a conversation with me about my journey, I will talk about it all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Hell, I've written seven stories from bedpost about it. Like, I will talk, <laughs> like, I've gone from, like, here to here. Like, yeah. you can see my journey. But, like, if you're just going to accusatorily ask, it, it, it's it's just a different way of saying, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? Why are you in my space? Yeah. And again, I get you got to you got to protect your shit, bro. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Should but I get it too? I'm extremely fucking protective of my community. I'm extremely protective. But you know what I don't do? I don't charge up other people about their Mm-mm. identity because that's not my fucking business. Mm-mm. And also, I don't want to get cussed out because I I don't know. Yeah, I'm prone to cussing out. That's a, that's, a, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, especially if I've had a little too much whiskey, bitch. Like I, it's 
I someone saw us at our last show. So our last show, um, someone saw me, you, my sister Bree, and Ty. I think we were like taking a picture, mm-hmm. or, or something was happening. We were taking a picture. We were probably just like talking shit and standing around each other. Like yeah. we, do. we tend to 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 gaggle. together (laughs) and we were all talking and cutting up and I think we were about to take a picture and this woman that talked to me she DM'd me wanted to she 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 was she's like I wanted to come over and just like take this picture and Mm -hmm. post it in my queer group of all these beautiful queer women of color and like I just was so excited and and I got really intimidated because everybody is so pretty and I just didn't know everybody looks kind of mean and blah 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 (laughs) and this and that and she goes then I was like are they all queer? They can't all be queer. Are they all queer? I don't think they're all queer. Well, which ones are straight? She goes, and then, like, so she was, like, checking herself, but yeah. at the same time fishing. So she was like, so then I was like, is everybody in Fat Bottom queer? Or is it just some of them? And then I was like, why is that my business? And so she's telling yeah. me this whole thing over DM, and I was like, okay. And then there was no... She did. She, that was it. She it was just, just this stream off. of consciousness. <laughs> It's oh about how she wanted to come talk to us, but she didn't come and talk to us. It was like yeah. this whole stream of consciousness, and there was no end to it. There was mm-hmm. no, like, question. There was no anything. Mm-hmm. And so my response was, okay, well, uh, thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> I just didn't know what the fuck you want me yeah, to say to that. Are exactly. you asking me to have a conversation? Are you wanting to know if Fat Bottom is like, yeah. Uh, what just do, ask the question? Just ask the just question. Ask the question. Ask the question. Ask it. Yeah. If you and, like, and that's where it makes me. It makes it. It doesn't make me angry. It's almost disheartening to see that people are so intimidated by women of color. You can't even come up and specifically queer women of queer color. women of color. Like you can't come up and ask for a picture at a show. At a show where we're taking pictures with you, everybody, you have just paid us to take a picture <laughs> with you. <laughs> that is why you're here. Yes, yes. Come get your, yeah. come get your picture. Mm-hmm. I, it is, and that is that is a that's an excuse that I've heard in our queer community too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, you guys look really tight knit, or oh, I'm intimidated by this person or that person mm-hmm. or this person or that person. And like, my response to that is always the same. Why? What is it about you that can't come talk to somebody that's a part of your community that you know is a part of your community? Like, you know I'm gay. You know I'm queer. You know Cuppy is queer. Mm -hmm. You know my sister is queer. Like, out of the eight of us, the three bitches that you know unequivocally, and Lola, the the, the four Mm -hmm. bitches that you know unequivocally (laughs) are queer as fuck. You know that mm-hmm. that's a part of your community. There's you no know excuse. that we're your family. There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No excuse whatsoever. But I mean, I get. I guess I get it. I don't want to be insensitive to people because like, I have, being somebody who has social anxiety, like I don't want to be insensitive to people who generally, gen, genuinely feel intimidated to approach Fair. people that they don't know, especially a group of 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 big strong women, like Fair. Fair. I understand, but at the same time, we're at especially if you're if we're at a show, 
and you are there, you are welcome to come and talk to us. That's what we're there for. Yeah. You just saw our tits. Right. Like, come take a picture. And at least eight times <laughs> I talk about how gay as fuck the show is. Yeah. At least eight times in a night. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is this this is this say. Oh, actually, this is a great point. I'm going to ask you one more question. But before I ask you this question, <laughs> this is a great point. For those people that are in our community that, you know, I'm just going to say it, that don't have any black friends or don't have any friends of color or mm-hmm. any Chicanx friends or don't just in your everyday life, don't find yourself around any queers of color. Our show is a great safe space for that. Yeah, absolutely. We have created this space that you can come to and meet queer people of color Mm -hmm. so that you can put forth that effort of trying to integrate and diversify your friend group. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great place to start. Well, and to further that, not only to diversify your friend group, but if you're a producer of another show and you're looking for people of color to diversify your cast and your stages, mm-hmm. come to our shows and talk to our cast members because we're not a we're not the show that's going to be like no we don't hire out no our cast members can only no we want our cast members to get out and to be seen because it's terribly important for people of color to be on the white stages yeah and yeah. it's very important for a gay ass femme ass woman of color to be on stage yes absolutely like Mm -hmm. super 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 important so i have a couple more questions so my -hmm. first question is when you are performing or when you're getting ready to perform and you are moving through the space other than our show so Mm -hmm. when you're out in other places specifically i know you travel a lot to denton and to dallas and to um, San Antonio and mm-hmm. Houston. So, like, when you're traveling as a queer femme woman of color, do you find any difference in those other cities versus Austin when it comes to just, like, femme erasure and what that looks like and how it feels? Or do you find any difference? I do find um, a big difference. Um, I have to say, hands down... The Denton community, oh. they are the most... Oh, my God. They're just, like, the prime example of diversity. Oh, my God. Not only for people of color, but for the the, the queer spectrum. Like, they are the shining example That's of what standard. every fucking community should be. They really are. And they have every type of body. Yes. Every yes. type of person. It's yes. so inclusive, so loving, so mm-hmm. I just cut you off. No, 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 finish. no, that's totally fine. That's totally fine because you have experience with them as well. Yeah, Din is in, if you have never gone to Glitter Bomb or if you've never been to a show in Din, you got to make the fucking drive. Like yes. it is, it's just, it's Glitter Bomb, Salty Lady Burlesque, like it is seriously, it is the standard of how you should strive to curate your shows. Yes. Absolutely. For inclusivity. Yes. Anyways, so um, <laughs> moving through those spaces. <laughs> <laughs> so every every show is different. Every show dynamic is going to be different. Um, I have found that in the shows where it is classic burlesque, it is um, very much bump and grind, old school, um, 
the history of burlesque essentially on stage in modern times, those those spaces tend to be while they are they are diverse, it tends to just no nobody really talks about their queerness. Nobody oh, ta- it's shit. very much like here is this performer who is from this city and it's very it's not cookie cutter. I don't want to say that it's cookie cutter because it's not. Every show is very, very different, especially in Dallas at Viva's. Um Shoshana Portnoy does a, a, a spectacular job of having diverse she does diverse casts. Yeah. Um but I see the difference in how performers identify themselves mm-hmm. in their intros. Because if you if you aren't aware of how shows work us as performers, we have to write our own intros. Um, I'm an asshole and don't give Nikki my intros. Ever. <laughs> Ever. But I'm very, very specific when I go to other places. <laughs> <laughs> Not ever. <laughs> but I, I'm i very specific and um, intentional when I go to other spaces um, because people don't know my history. They don't, for one, even though my name is Chola, they, they, I'll get people like, oh, you, so you're, are you, what are you? That blows like, my mind. I'm Mexican. My name is Chola. <laughs> <laughs> it's in so the fucking name. So I have to say, I have to give right. description of right. who I am, where I come from. And it's always a Chicanx femme. Um, and I put, I put queer in there because sometimes people don't know what femme is, which is understandable. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very intentional. However, that's not the norm. A lot of people don't do that. They don't talk about yeah. how they identify in their intros. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's important. I feel like, especially as a femme woman, if you, if you don't let people know, they don't know because right. they've erased you already. Um, but I, like I said, each show is different and they're all very diverse, and I've been seeing a, a steady increase in different sized bodies and people of color on all these stages that used to just be white. Um, but the one main difference between here, b- between us and Denton and Dallas and Houston specifically, I see a big difference in nobody really ident- putting their identifications in their intros. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I, like, I always at least say, I mean, it's clear that I'm black, but I always say, like, <laughs> queer, P, you know, queer this, queer POC, blah, blah, because I know mm-hmm. that I do present and did live my life for a while as a hetero person. Yeah. So it's important for me to put that as a part of my identifier too. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I wonder why that is. Well, that's maybe that's another conversation. Um, and yeah. so my last question for you is, do you have any advice? Like, do you have any advice as someone that's kind of, you know, been going through this for mm-hmm. years? Like, you, like you've done all of the things you've shaved your head. You've done this. You, you've tried to mold yourself into this something else, but when it comes down to it, you are still this hard femme. Mm-hmm. What type of, do you have any ad- advice for any of the baby queers or any of the fucking like, old school queers that are just having a hard time just standing in that identity, mm-hmm. standing in that femme identity. Do you have any advice? 
Um, I think because I'm struggling through it still, and it's still a constant, fair, still a constant fight. I don't necessarily have specific advice to give. However, the one thing that I did I, that I have said before, um, uh, in another podcast that I did in Denton, what the femme, it's amazing. Nice. Um, they uh, they were talking about my history and my family upbringing, and one of how how I make myself feel powerful. And one of the tricks that I learned from my grandmother, which is not really a trick, but it's just my own way of making myself feel better. Um, my grandmother used to, and my mom still does it sometimes, but my grandmother used to say, if you're not feeling good, if you have, if you wake up and your day is just not going the way you want, but you still want to put your best foot forward, just put on some red lipstick and hit and, and go outside and start your day. <laughs> That's fucking dope. So that's what I do. Like, I don't wear makeup on a regular basis unless I have a gig. I just don't. It's just not. I just don't. I'm high femme, but I don't wear a lot of makeup. <laughs> but when I do go out, if even if I don't want to do, like, my eyebrows and my lashes, I will have red lips. And a lot of it is because I remember my grandmother telling me that the best way to live your your best woman life is to put on some lipstick and start your day. I feel the exact same way about lip gloss and mascara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if I am feeling like just not myself, mm-hmm. I, it is, it's a, it's a little bit like a, like armor for me. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So yeah, that's actually, that's great advice. Like mm-hmm. put on your armor, whatever that armor is. Yeah. To help you stand in that femme identity. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it might be makeup, it might be heels, it might oh, be yeah. nails, it might be jewelry, it might be whatever mm-hmm. your armor is. Yeah. That's actually really good. That's really good advice. Yeah. Thanks, Cuppy's grandma. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, mama. <laughs> so where, um, before we wrap up, or we are wrapping up, um, where can people stalk you? Not stalk you, but where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, so right now I am just on Instagram and Facebook, both under Chola Magnolia, um, for my performer stuff. Um, yeah, just add my performer yeah, stuff, just... but you don't need to know my personal <laughs> I put it on there anyway, but oh my god, I'm a, t- I'm a total <laughs> asshole on on Cubby page, so don't add Cubby. Just Love. add Chola Magnolia. Just add Chola. Um, pretty soon, I'm going to open up an OnlyFans page, um, nice. which is like another version of Patreon. Um, but Patreon is now getting some. They they have some issues with really nudity stuff, so it's like, oh, okay. You know, over. having to figure it the all catch out. Up. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to to only OnlyFans pretty soon. Okay, and I'll post that on Chola Magnolia once it's up and running. Fuck yes! Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cuppy, aka Chola Magnolia, for being on with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I want to thank Cuppy Garcia for chatting with me today. It was awesome. We had fun. I want to thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Nikki Devon, and you can support me and my work on Patreon.com. The link is in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe so you never, ever, 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 ever miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell us a little bit about why you like it. 
I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>